This is Steve Downs, the, intro. the voice of Master Chief, Spartan 117. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. Anthony and Skyler will take it from here. Master Chief, out. Welcome to Quality Time, the KO Koala Entertainment Podcast. My name is Anthony Nicolosi. I'm Skylar Sokol. And today we are joined by actually our first ever guest. This is actually extremely in- interesting. Today also marks the one year anniversary of our first episode of oh, Quality shit, Time. Oh, shit, really? That's yes, awesome. I just realized Ooh. because I got a this day a year ago thing from OneDrive. And we started <laughs> with our first ever guests on Quality Time. The guys from Esports Center. You guys want to – Dalton, you want to introduce yourself first? Yeah, my name is Dalton Brock. I uh, essentially started Esports Center, and uh, I've got my co-host and best friend, Jackson, working with me. Yep, I'm Jackson. I'm, uh, yeah, co-host, co-founder, whatever you want to call me. And I live with Dalton, but right now we're separated, sadly. So, <laughs> but we keep the romance going. All right. <laughs> Long distance – Esports roommates. Happy anniversary in chat. If you are listening to this after the fact, we are live streaming this on Twitch. You really missed a good one because we are literally giving away three, at least we're doing at least three $25 gift card giveaways of your platform of choice. So you are missing out. You should come to our Twitch. You should watch quality times. We do this periodically. So anyway, let's get into you guys want to tell us a little bit about yourselves. What, you know what your what's your goals and aspirations with esports center are what, what is esports center <laughs> what is esports center yeah i can i mean i'll start off like with how we started for sure so i'm a big fan of gary v personally and i watched a lot of his content for a long time and um i essentially got furloughed from my job uh sort of covid right so that was a big struggle for me and you know i i learned from you know gary vita i just need to make content just need to make content and before esports center i had a little like shoe company going um so then i was like you know what? like i watch a lot of video games i love esports love a lot of these content creators i'm gonna make my own content why not so i started one day and i was just like you know what tiktok's popping off it's not that hard i'm gonna commit myself to at least three videos a day and see where it takes me from here so then from there, I posted my first video and it had like 200,000 views just off yeah. my first TikTok. And I was hooked from there. And I was like, okay, well, this could be something big. Like, I'm definitely taking this serious. So every single day, it was three TikToks, like every single day. And it's been the exact same way since Easter of uh, 2020. So making three talk- TikToks every day, regardless of where I am. But uh, along the journey, I've added Jackson. And Jackson really helped me out at the start because what we used to do was called uh, top five clips of the week. And we are bringing that back in some way very soon. Um, but essentially all these people would send us clips from TikTok, and they'd want to be featured. So every Friday we would do a top five and then post on our TikTok for a chance to be featured. We'll also throughout the week talking about gaming content, how to grow as a streamer, uh, esports news, just a variety of different things. And um, it's grown into something a lot bigger than I expected. We're almost at 250,000 TikTok followers. We've got a YouTube channel that we just started up at almost 400 subscribers. Um, Instagram's almost 2,500 followers. And then Twitter that Jackson runs is absolutely crushing it right now. Uh, recently started. Now it's got 200 followers. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. I uh, 
we started we, thanks to Gary V. Quite frankly, jumped on the TikTok chain a train early on when we were first posting content. I actually told I'm going to guess it was Dalton on the esports uh, center account on Instagram the other day. He was in Instagram live. I told him, um, you know, for us when we post TikTok content, a lot of times like me and Skyler will have an interaction. We'll have something funny happen. Editing it so that it's enjoyable on TikTok, if you will, and more TikTokified takes a while. And since we're doing all of this stuff part time, I'll be honest, recent probably over the last few months, we haven't posted much on TikTok. I actually ironically posted yesterday and it was our best performing TikTok ever. Hey, so hey, there you uh, go. We'll, we'll we'll start it back up. You and, got and discouraged we'll go once you it. tried to post stories of your knives cutting up meat and you got banned for it or whatever. Yeah, I got so I made, <laughs> we, we posted this content of me making game sounds from smoking a brisket. And yeah. I got like policy violations <laughs> on like literally every little chunk I uploaded because I think I had a knife. <laughs> in one yeah. of so, but that fucking like old <laughs> Vietnamese lady is always chopping shit up on her channel, man. I don't, she gets millions of views. They fucking killed me. Yeah. Anyway, that's, yeah. It's, long story short, you guys are killing it on TikTok. I actually really enjoy the content. I think it's very intelligent content. It's Thank you. like you can, you're... Uh, I don't know. I don't know how you feel about this, Skyler. But for me personally, when there's gaming news that I'm interested in, yes, Polygon might write a big ass long article, but I like need somebody to digest it and put it on a YouTube video for me, if that makes sense for me personally. So that's kind of how I see your guys's content. It's like you're you're taking some highlights from the news and you're presenting it quickly in a bite sized way for people on TikTok, and I think it's great. So uh, yeah, great job, guys. It's interesting. Very, how, how's it, um, what's, what's your situation in relation to like your job? Are you, did you end up choosing a new job and you're doing this part-time or are you grinding? Like, is this a side hustle for you or is it, you're going, you're all in? So honestly, I would love to go all in very soon. And that just takes monetization. And, and you know, it's about being patient. Like Gary V talks about and like, you know, I, I try and follow a lot of like what he says because he definitely knows a lot. Uh, but I actually work at Tesla full time and I, that's where I got furloughed from. And then I came back and I worked there full time. I still make three pieces of content every single day, grind on YouTube, do our podcast. So I'm doing essentially two jobs full time. Jackson does everything that he possibly can while also going to school. So we are trying to make this a full time thing. Obviously, we're not there yet, but uh, definitely putting as much effort as possible. We know, we know so, that two full time job life for sure, yeah. dude. <laughs> Yeah, lots of overlaps from that perspective. That's what I was going to say. We we talked a little bit about it in the pre-podcast about our story. Our listeners likely know uh, we're a game studio and we're working part-time while alongside our software engineering jobs to uh, one day make that happen. Very cool story. Uh, is there anything you want to add, Jackson, to that story from your perspective? Um, what do you just, think when Dalton asked you? Were you like, why not? I, I, I honestly told him, I'm like, dude, if you need help with anything, let me know. I'm your man. And we've kind of worked in the past with other projects that, so we know we could rely on each other for pretty yep, much yep, anything. For so sure. I was like, all right, I'll just do the clips. I'd bang out like a hundred clips a day, find like the best five mm -hmm. and just send it to him. I'm like, all right, here's a bunch of them. You can choose them for Friday and see what happens. And that took so much time. And yeah. then we wanted to start doing other things. So we're like, all right, let's move on to this and this so we can grow on other platforms as well. And mm -hmm. so that's where I I started helping him with Twitter, Instagram a little bit, stuff like that. So we're just really trying to pump as much content out as possible right now. 
Yeah, not yeah. to get too bogged down in the uh, in the business side of it, but it's pretty hard to monetize j- off of TikTok exclusively, right? I mean, yes and no. So, like, obviously, growing a platform anywhere, you're gonna be able to monetize because you have followers, you have people that are wanting to contribute to whatever you do. Me personally, I don't want to be putting out merch or like, like, kind of half-assing whatever I put myself into. And until I can like fully commit to it, I don't think it's right for me to ask my followers for money in any way. Yes, I get like a few sponsorships here and there. We do get like the TikTok Creator Fund, which has treated us pretty well so far. Uh, but it's definitely not enough for both of us to live off of yet. Right. Um, so that's why. I we're trying to create more and more platforms that's sick yeah cool. i i just yeah i'm much more familiar with monetization of other platforms than tiktok but that's that's really cool for sure right on so dalton mentioned he loves esports jackson you have 100 thieves on uh <laughs> do you love esports as well yeah i've i've followed esports for quite a while i was pretty big into watching it probably 2014 it was uh mostly league of legends and counter-strike okay like i was a huge fan of tsm when they had like Bjergsen, Doublelift, all and uh, Darius, Topling, all that, so I watched them a ton. Then I kind of stopped with gaming for a while, and now I'm back on with watching Valorant now, League of Legends. Is that why you got your hundred and- thieves shirt on because of the first strike <laughs> tournament from Valorant? Yeah, dude, that was so f- that. Oh my, I was record. Yeah, I was reporting on Twitter about the whole tournament. It was so cool. Yes, you were. The that finals sucked. of that tournament was, were sick. I, I really enjoyed. Yeah. I always watch Myth restream the Valorant tournaments and just be an idiot pretending he's the coach of uh, of TSM or whatever. It's so funny. (laughs) Okay. Valorant and C I'm sorry, CS Valorant league. Some of the, the games you threw out there, Dalton, what about you? What are, what are some of the game scenes you're most interested in from an esports perspective? Currently right now, call of duty league is really intriguing. I mean, I think it's properly valued. Like it's the most valued, um, league slot essentially along with valorant i think has a very strong potential uh big into counter-strike that's where i essentially started everything that's where jackson and I actually met which is crazy enough playing counter-strike together so um yeah, yeah. counter-strike valorant and i'd say call of duty are the top three for me so okay. big, big fps game gamers for sure. <laughs> yeah, Scott, we did a previous podcast, Skyler. Um, historically, like I said before, Halo's my favorite franchise. Very uh, follow, very fervently, if you will, the the competitive scene there and have for a while. But Call of Duty is actually interesting. I'll say this real quick because you mentioned it before getting to Skyler and his esports loves. But um, I am not really a Call of Duty guy from a gameplay perspective. Um, it's fine, but it, it's it's never had enough to like really compel me to play it over a Halo, for example. That being said, I follow the scene actually pretty pretty closely because of Hex. We were talking about it before. Optics whole thing that's happened now but like when optic was back in the day right and back in chicago optic story their halo team their call of duty team obviously nade shot eventually starting 100 thieves like that whole storyline is interesting to me i follow it mainly from that perspective like the storylines and the uh the content creators so uh, interestingly i actually think Actually, hold on. I'm going to hold off on this thought because it's a question for later. Skyler, <laughs> your favorite esports? Wait, uh, my my hot Call of Duty esport hot take is that I think it's hilarious that they don't allow keyboard and mouse still. 
Right? Dude, I want. I wonder what that. What do you got? What's, that's what's your like a mega controversy, right? Because the switch over like screws over all these console players who have been playing for years. But at the same time, it's like definitely the optimal way to control FPS games. So. I totally agree with that, but at the same time, I think that they're holding on to a little bit of tradition of like, so hey, this this is where we started, right? So it's like, if we want to continue this, we have to be different in some way from other esports. And I think that Call of Duty does a great job of that already. But I think holding on to that one little sliver of history for them just kind of makes a little bit uh, a little different. Interesting. So you're doing it from you think it's more from the perspective of trying to differentiate themselves from the other esports to at least some extent. Yes, definitely. Is. Okay. Yeah. It, it lets people who want to play exclusively on controller, like have a place to go and not worry about like an unfair advantage from keyboard and mouse. That's true. I think that Call of Duty has also done great research and found out that they have majority of their players playing on PlayStation, Xbox and consoles in general compared to the slim amount. I mean, they're definitely players on uh, keyboard and mouse, but I think they're focused on their primary audience. Yeah. We actually just put out content. Uh, 13, it's now 13 years in a row that when Call of Duty releases, it's the best g- selling game of its release month in 2020, which saw tons of g- good games come out with making tons of money within November, Call of Duty Cold, of War, Cold War, which honestly, honestly, m- the reception has been more, I would say, lukewarm than it, like some other previous titles from my perspective looking in. However, even with that, the best-selling game of 2020 within just wait the, more the, than the, cyberpunk more than well cyberpunk released in december oh so right when those, sorry they delayed, when those yeah, metrics yeah. were out uh, cyberpunk wasn't available yet so okay, yes tw- call of duty was uh just upon release really within that first week already the best-selling game of 2020 so Crazy. yeah you know you know for a lot of console players we've talked about that many times your the games you get one year are the new Madden, the new FIFA, the new NBA, 2K or whatever, and Call of Duty, right? Yeah. So that's that. Yeah, I I would agree. Their their ratio there from PC to uh, console players probably is much more heavily on console. I would think. Uh, anyway. What do you think, Jackson, about that? About them using controller? I was gonna ask. Um, I don't know. It's weird. I'm kind of biased because I'm strictly keyboard and mouse, but I have. Yeah, I figured. <laughs> I have been using uh controller a little bit because we've been trying to play cold war dalton and i we've been playing cold war a bit it's actually not as bad as i expected but um <laughs> i don't really know with the league i i have i have no clue why they wouldn't add keyboard and mouse other than i i see how it could be a problem like if they mix like a keyboard and mouse team against an all controllers team they obviously can't do that i don't think so maybe it's that it would just they'd have to create an entire another league where it's keyboard and mouse against keyboard and mouse teams. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. That's complicated. Honestly, the way, the way I kind of think about it is it's kind of like a sport, like softball, right? So if you said that you had to start throwing overhand now, they'd have to find entire new pitchers. Right. So in call of duty, you'd have to find an entire new team that can play on keyboard and mouse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, re- Halo is going to have a similar problem. I'm gonna. I'm interested in how they'll deal with it when it, Halo Infinite comes out next year and the esports scene that. starts up. But um, yeah, it's also the aim assist. Right on controller, you get aim assist just to make that yeah. feel better. Mm-hmm. That right hand dexterity for a like professional keyboard and mouse player is fucking insane. So <laughs> you really don't yeah. stand a chance on some of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um. Anyway, Skyler esports. I like. Um, yes. Probably the my favorite esport of all time is probably Dota. 
Um, I've been. I went to the international twice uh, to watch, not Ooh. to play. Um, wow. But um, and then I've also been to Evo, the fighting game world championship once um, I played there. I didn't do that well, but I did better than my goal, which was to win at least one match. And I won two matches. So <laughs> clean. Um, but yeah. So fighting games, um, Dota are my favorite. I got into Valorant a bit. Also Rocket League. I've played since like it came out um, and I followed that esport a bit as well. Um, yeah, I don't know. Those are my favorites. My, yeah, I'll just say I said Halo. But Rocket League, I think, is my second, man. Rocket League is yeah. so fucking good. I, and this will spill into my next question. Which one do you think... What do you think is, like, the best esports scene kind of as a whole, holistically? Like, the game, the actual game, and how... It, how like, for example, part of the reason why I think Rocket League is so good is because it's easy to understand to the spectator. Uh, it's uh, easy to... Uh, translate into excitement for when you're a player and you're watching and you're seeing them and it makes you want to go play, you know, um, outside of, for example, like if I watch Dota, I don't know what the fuck is going on. Yeah. And like, it doesn't motivate me to play. It motivates me to like, maybe never play, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, which from that perspective, which, which scene do you guys think has the best sort of setup for success? Jackson, we're going with this one sure I, I that's a really cool point you made with how it's how how an audience can kind of view the game like because you obviously want it to be more people will watch it if it's simpler i feel like maybe counter-strike would be really okay pretty good because i mean well shroud talked about this he said that he believes that counter well he was talking about how valorant can uh, pretty much grow over Counter-Strike. And he said that Counter-Strike is just simpler for people to watch. Like he said, his grandma can watch a game of Counter-Strike and understand it. It's just shooting. And Valorant, there's just abilities and crap along with that. So it's harder for more people to understand. That's why I think Counter-Strike's bigger than Val... Well, I mean, it's bigger because it's older, but I guess Counter-Strike or Rocket League. You're, you made a good point with Rocket League because I know a lot of people that play that so, yeah, I'd say Counter-Strike. Okay. Cool. What about you, Dalton? What do you think? I would, okay, it might be controversial because some people don't consider this an eSport, but honestly, Fortnite. And the reason why I say that is because it's super easy to follow. And whether you love it or you hate it, you know it, right? And even though it's like a dead game, it continues to get followers. It continues to see traction built on uh, YouTube, on Twitch, a variety of platforms. Heck, even TikTok, there are a variety of um, Fortnite you know, content creators that are still blowing up. So I think that by using the audience as like a, uh, as a measure of how well an esport will do in the future. I mean, if we look how, like, uh, what was it? Um, the World Championship of Fortnite did, like, two years ago. That was insane. It was, like, one of the biggest audiences ever. And it continues to grow, even being, what is it, almost four years down the road from the game's release. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Just taking advantage of the fact that it has, like, an insanely large player base just exactly. inherently makes it stronger esport. Similar to the Rocket League argument, right? There's a, Yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's very yeah, that's especially. Really cool. What do you think, Skyler? Um, Your perspective. I uh, I probably roll Rocket League side as well. I think it's like it's also a very easy translation from sports. So I think you could pull people even who don't necessarily play video games into it. Maybe 
um, more likely than other esports for sure. Like, there's no way you're getting some like football loving guy to watch like Dota or League or something like that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, somebody who has no exposure to that world. I got to uh, like shout out. I realized I forgot to mention StarCraft, another esport I like and have watched in the past mm-hmm. and stuff, and also like the father of esports. So, got to call out StarCraft. Yeah. Skyler, not, this as, next not question, as an easy to watch game, but as a one of my favorite. No, that's another intimidating one. <laughs> I don't know. I, in some ways, it seems in, like more intimidating than even Dota in, to some extent. But I think so to watch. But um, yeah, those th- that point of Fortnite is a, is a good one. Th- th- just w- expectating a, a, what is essentially a free for all. Just like, hey, I not I don't want to die. I want to stay alive. That's pretty understandable. I actually think that's that's a good point for the average. Uh, viewer, but it is true. I, 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 I gotta go with, I think rocket league. It's just so, so just soccer with cars. <laughs> like, you know yeah, what I mean? So um, I was actually, I'm interested that you said call, uh, CS go mm-hmm. because I actually thought, think that one with the economy, right? Like the between game economy and everything like that, it takes a little bit of understanding. So, um, that's almost maybe, like, maybe. yeah. Cause that honestly, at least to me, the most interesting part of, Counter-Strike and Valorant is like the meta strategy and like the team strategy of the esport. And I feel like without a strong understanding of the game, it can it could be hard to like pick up on that, right? Mm-hmm. You're just like, oh, that guy's really good at shooting, and sure. And that's cool. Yeah. And people can get really excited about that. But to actually be like hype mm-hmm. about like the nuances of the game, you definitely need a, a deeper understanding. That's very true, yeah. Because most people just look at it, they're like, oh, they just killed them and blew up the freaking base I, okay, right, right, right. and then but there's so much more to it they plan out where they're going to be on the map and all that so yep. yeah it may, that's what makes me addicted to these kind of games because it's just the strategy of it just makes it more exciting because you can do so much more well, so that kind of rolls into my next question. We've we've talked about some of our some of the things we find most interesting that we think have maybe the most potential to explode. To what do you think is the single most important thing for an esports scene to succeed, Dalton? Ooh, that is a great question. The most important thing for an esports scene to succeed, um, honestly, it just takes development within like a player base, and that's why I said Fortnite before. Like, you really need to grow an audience. Um, and I think that's why League of Legends has done so well because it's an international audience over in China um, and, you know, outside of America. League of Legends is like, like the thing, like it is the pinnacle of gaming and everybody follows it. So to be able to create something like that where everybody knows what's going on is what you need to do. Now, do I think that League of Legends will retain that top spot over time? I don't. But I think that they do a really good job right now because they have an audience and um, continue to grow theirs. Okay. Jackson? I agree with that. I feel like I I agree with it. The audience carries it a lot. So, for instance, I feel like Valorant's probably going to... I don't know why. I feel like Valorant's going to blow up for some reason soon. Yeah, it's just uh, the audience really carries it, and it seems like a lot of people are starting to transition to Valorant from Counter-Strike just because a lot of people I know are kind of just sick of how Counter-Strike feels and looks. So like once the audience is like over 20 years old, <laughs> dude, they are still patching it occasionally, though. What? Yeah, it's like eight to 10 years old. It's yeah. OK, mm-hmm. so, uh, Skylar, what would do you have a say on this? Yeah. Um. I, so I 
I definitely agree that the audience is super important, but I think, and at least I've seen this in a few different esports scenes, Dota being one of them and some other places, I think the single biggest determiner of whether a, a game's esports scene will take off is whether the development, te- the developer or the publisher supports it financially. Like Overwatch, for example, is a really good example of this. I don't think Overwatch is a good esport. Like, really don't. I just don't think it's that good of an esport <laughs> game. I don't think it's that fun to watch. And like, I just don't think it's that deep compared to like Counter-Strike, Rainbow Six Siege, these kinds of games, whatever. But that scene took off, dude. Like they, there's so many teams, this huge scene. And that's all because Blizzard supported the esports scene like super hard same with hearthstone like why the hell is hearthstone an esport at all because blizzard puts money into it right like and valorant is another good example and and league riot puts a ton of money into the valorant and league esports scene and that's why they've exploded dota on the other hand is actually sort of like dying from an esports perspective and this this uh prominent member of the community his name is uh, kyle wrote this article about how it's because valve is not supporting the games esports see enough they basically support the international once a year which does has have like the highest prize pool of any single esport event but mm-hmm. that's it right you have one event a year and then nothing else supported by valve everything else is like community organized so it like isn't doing as well as people w- wish it would i uh i'll also say i felt like from that same perspective, Halo 5's esports scene was completely carried on just like Microsoft putting a fuck ton of money into the prize pools. Like, I, I think when the very first, right after release, it was like two and a half million dollars worth uh, of prize pool, which for a console, arguably niche console esport is crazy, right? Like, so mm-hmm. uh, I definitely agree with that, Scott. Definitely, definitely, definitely agree. I will add that from my perspective, like, Maybe at a certain point you could there's there's Leak and there's Valorant. Those are the actual two games that you called out as uh, as an example here. They're huge. And maybe in some ways they're just both so enormous that you could call them equally huge in a way. But that the I from my perspective, one of the differentiators that Valorant might have is literally the hoodie you're wearing. I feel like Valorant has a little more storylines uh, at least from the Western side of the world, uh, not necessarily from an international perspective. Like you said, it's so huge international, but at least on the Western side of the world with the, the clubs and the organizations that are getting involved in Valorant, I see them. You I know, think you I, might I, just I, sort of be pretty out of touch with the league scene, honestly, because it has good. like people go fucking crazy for individual players and orgs in league like the the winner Absolutely. at the game awards the esports like player of the year was a player yeah. on the team that won the league worlds right uh yep. mm-hmm. so like i think it's just that maybe it's not your scene but like these moba teams like oh, dota no, as sure. well gets it like people obsess over the individual personalities in dota as well as the orgs and like they're a huge thing too so i don't know yeah let me put let me let me maybe put it this way from my it has, uh, although League's always been there, Valorant has captured my attention because of these storylines and these these orgs that are getting involved. So um, I've become more aware of the scene because of the things of this nature there. It, it, you're 100% right. And like I said, I, I'm not familiar. I know it's huge, right? Like, generally speaking, but I really don't perceive the magnitude of hugeness yeah. for, in the international, like, especially Eastern markets. So for sure, 100%. Um, but anyway, 
that that was my the content creation aspect like that was like what i was saying with the the, the creating storylines with i feel like lee actually has done some amount of good there for me to even know about like faker and stuff right like yeah i building storylines and stuff like that i think is key i i mean you see it in sports too right like you yes you are from denver so you may root for the broncos but it's more of the if you don't if if the Ravens are playing the 49ers and you're a Denver fan, you don't give a shit about that game, probably, yeah. unless there's some kind of impact to your home team. It's the storyline of either they're your hometown team or it's the players and, you know, the journey that team's yep. going on that they always build up and whatever. Um, this was Overwatch's f- entire esports strategy. That's why they associated teams with states rather than with um, and like like colleges rather than with uh, organizations so that people would have this sort of allegiance to them, like you're saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a good question. What do you think of the this? Uh, you know, I think it's I think the amount of colleges getting involved offering esports scholarships and esports opportunities is rising. Uh, how long do you think it will take for esports college, the esports college scene on whatever esport you want? To get to something that shows up on the map relative to like the esports basketball scene. You mean the real Sorry. sport basketball scene? The real sport <laughs> basketball. Yes. yes. Something yeah, that's. Start yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, um, sure. I think, okay, I think it's slowly building. Like, we're already seeing a lot of college esports teams coming out. We recently just talked to one, actually. And. When, when we were, well, at least when I was in there, there's even high school ones. Like when I was in high school, there was no chance that I could ever join a team. There was, that was kind of unheard of. So, but there's a lot right now. There's one at ASU. There's, there's pretty much one at almost every big university. And mm-hmm. it seems like it's starting to spread. I feel like in the next five years, it could get pretty, pretty big. And then oh, five all these years? orgs okay. can just kind of suck out of them like just find all these cool players and basically I mean, give them right. a dream job kind of like what you're seeing in sports five-ish mm-hmm. years is what i heard yeah okay i That's think it? i think personally that call having colleges having esports kind of legitimizes the entire thing because it, it puts in perspective for these parents who are saying, hey, like, I don't want you playing video games. You shouldn't be locked in your room for 12 hours a day to now saying you have an opportunity to get a scholarship and go to college for free. Something I've been working for my entire life to get you to go to this point or whatever it may be. Like it essentially legitimizes what they're doing and, and their passion. Uh, personally, I don't see I see it taking a little bit more than five years, uh, probably closer to like 10 to 15. Um, the reason being is you have to get on board like the NCAA did with college basketball it has to be nationally televised it has to be backed by a lot of big organizations and we have to see that from the top first so we have to see esports become super mainstream before we can see it like big within colleges um yeah it just needs it just needs monetization throughout the top to the bottom and we also need um like an established set of rules between games and colleges it needs to be there's d1 schools there's d2 d3 and they all face each other you go nationwide you have tournaments and you do all these things it needs to be um throughout like the pac-12 or sec or big 12 like a standard thing mm-hmm yeah, I was going to mention the, tele- the televised thing I think is really important. Um, mm-hmm. That's like the reason StarCraft blew up in Korea and why it's like huge. And the players are like bigger celebrities than like 
anyone else in that country is because StarCraft's esports scene, even in StarCraft 1, started being televised really early in the esports scene. And now, like, they, like, yeah, it, it gets televised on, like, major TV networks in Korea and stuff. And I think that's the main reason that esports is so huge there. So I think that's really insightful to say that being nationally televised, I think, is one of the biggest things for growing, like, esports to be as legitimate as real sports are here. And you know what I think personally is a big motivator or determiner on when some of these esports are going to get nationally televised is uh, the advertisement pool. So, like, that's the, the I, in the NRG Duo podcast, Hex sat down with Andy Miller and they just recently broke out the billions and billions and billions of dollars that like each NFL org gets for essentially the TV deals, right? The TV advertisement deals. And I'm, and they were talking about them being CEOs of NRG were kind of just like spitballing, like sort of the trajectory for esports orgs, what they were thinking about. And for sure, esports orgs would love to be in a place like that, where there is a league, a league, league of legends, league, whatever game league that uh, signs a deal with the big, that's actually going to be interesting. I don't know nationally televised TV or how the digital landscape shifts in the future. I don't even, I don't know about you guys. I don't even own cable TV. I was going to say, I don't know if television would affect it later on because it feels like it's almost dying. Will television be there? A lot more people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be like syndicated televised, but like if it was like available on like, I don't know, like Netflix, like, you know, because, like, TV still exists in the form of, like, Netflix and other streaming platforms, mm-hmm. right? So maybe televised on those platforms or something if those platforms shift to, like, a they allow for, like, streaming events or whatever. Because I do know, right. like, some sports yeah. are being televised on those platforms now, too. Like Hulu yeah. mm-hmm. and those places. So Exactly. Yes. So, the yeah, the notion of national widespread televised audience in whatever, I guess, format. That's maybe a, time, a, a whole other podcast topic. But... <laughs> Um, yeah, once you have that kind of advertisement pool, that really legitimizes things. I think, um, when advertisers feel like supporting those leagues being on those, when, when, if you, for functional version, when the Comcasts of the future world, whatever that is, when the time warners of the future world feel like esports can attract enough advertisement revenue to make those nationally televised deals, that's when you do it right so um until they get there yeah go ahead go ahead dalton go ahead i i think so covid played a big role into sports this year right so we said just about no sports for a good six months and what was playing on espn esports so esports was playing on espn and i don't think that it grew much of a following by being on national tv um and i think that we even saw companies like mcdonald's or um like a variety of companies just throw money in there and they're expecting to see a huge return like they do with sports and i think that's a, a common misconception to try and um compare esports to traditional sports and I, i'll definitely get into that more you know a little bit later but um with that being said these companies are getting the return so they're not going to continue to put in their money versus somebody like mastercard who's put in their advertising into league of legends game so as you're walking through and you see a banner you actually see mastercard's advertisement so i think that there's a better direct to consumer advertising need to be done within esports to actually get the following so that was where this question was going was until esports leagues or whatever can get to that 
massive advertisement contracts, you know, television contracts equivalent, whatever it is in the future, should they go that route or if that's their goal. What are other ways that other ways that esports can people who want to get involved in esports can monetize it? You just alluded to one in league. Um, Are there any that any of you guys can think of like things that you think teams games could do more of like in-game opportunities for some of the stuff? Jackson. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> um, like opportunities for monetization. Is that kind of yeah? Outside of yeah. like just showing a commercial, basically on TV. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I've seen it a little already. Like in the League of Legends maps during Worlds, they uh, actually had advertisements on the map. Like they literally on the freaking map showing the players they had advertisements of like intel and stuff so there's like little spots you can throw it in i i i'm not really i'm not really sure i don't know too much about monetization dalton's really the main man about (laughs) i think that when it comes to like monetizing for these if we're talking directly just talking about like a sponsor like mcdonald's like mastercard like intel i think it it creates more of like create content we're seeing it become really big and it needs to become more of like a brand needs to personalize themselves and it connects with you and i think that tiktok's doing a really good job because it's forcing these brands to kind of put a face to their brand even though it's not the face of their brand it's somebody in front of the camera talking about their products you know creating trends just like you guys were talking about you're creating content but like you're not creating content just because they want you to know you, they want to know the brand. Same thing with us. We create content not because you want to know who I am as Dalton. I want you to know who Esports Center is. Creating a more personal feel. And I think that content will be huge in the future and will continue to stay big, especially since it, it comes down to like who's watching and the eyes are on content. They're on YouTube, they're on Instagram, they're on TikTok, Twitter, a variety of social media platforms. Yeah, that's right. a great point. I um, I think it's the, the league, like, in-game advertisement thing is really interesting. I didn't know about that because what came to my mind immediately was like the Death Stranding health being monster energy <laughs> drinks or whatever product placement yeah. stuff. This uh, has been yeah. happening <laughs> in games for a while, right? Having product placement. And I think some big mm-hmm. products like pay for it. I have no idea what the turnaround is or like how well that actually works. I don't know <laughs> if anyone's ever talked about like stats on that. It'd be interesting <laughs> to know. But that kind of stuff could definitely like convert maybe. I don't know. Like clearly people support streamers just to like put their logo on the corner of their screen or wear their merch or whatever. And so maybe we see a similar thing um, from that perspective. But yeah. what do you feel from a, a, a game, a player perspective when you were playing death stranding and you saw the monster I plug, were you like, you fuck advertisements in my game or did they do it in a tasteful way that just like flowed? They did it in a fine way. Like they weren't like, monster energy drink this or whatever like it was fine <laughs> I, and I don't really care right like I'm not the target audience for that kind of advertising so I don't know if it would matter for me anyway but um, I'd be very curious to know if it made anyone go out and buy a monster energy drink if you're in chat and you bought a monster <laughs> energy drink because you played Death Stranding make sure you let me know Dude, I, don't, I mean for me personally I just bought a fuck ton of monsters over the last month because of the Halo Infinite ads so really? you know like I, if it was in the game, would I buy it more? Yeah, probably <laughs> me personally. Yeah, if yeah. it was in Halo, if Chief fucking opens a monster, I'm drinking a monster. <laughs> like, you know, uh, go ahead, Dalton. Hold you up. look like you're going to say something. 
Yeah, did you guys hear what happened with um, the new 2K when they released and they uh, put advertisements within the game? Oh, right, yeah. yeah. We, in, the, in the UFC yeah. game, right? Well, <laughs> and, a UFC and, and also NBA 2K. Oh, okay. So, yeah, both games, for those that don't know, both games added in advertisements in which you couldn't skip and forced you to watch. So, essentially, these brands are just advertising to everybody forcefully, kind of like a commercial, right? Right. And, uh, if you're spending $60, $70 on a game and you open up your game and the first thing you see is ads, I wouldn't be too happy personally. And they removed them, correct? Ooh. They permanently yeah, eventually they, removed them. Yes, but you could tell the community wasn't too happy. So I definitely think that adding ads within a game, maybe it's like a preload or whatever it may be, is not the way to go. Oh, yeah. Okay, so here, here are two things. First of all, on an easier, simpler n- notion – I, I'm still sort of surprised that Rocket League, especially now that it's uh, free to play in like the top banners of the stadium as you play, doesn't have advertisements there or or even just the main menu. Like in the main menu, you're yeah. in a field like you could have you could put an ad in the back there. You know, I, I'm kudos to them from a certain perspective. Right. Like I, as a player, would that annoy me? I mean. For me, for, for me personally, watching soccer, because you watch soccer and on the sides of the fields, the advertisements are there and they're constantly mm-hmm. rolling, right? So it almost makes it seem more realistic to me to have it there if it was there from a perspective. But anyway, that's one th- that's one game in particular that I've always thought. Obviously, there's game skins, stuff like that, right? Like especially in first-person games, if you had a really sick ass, especially like Valorant making all this crazy shit now, like if you had those – when you when you have those crazy like team org skins, that's definitely a <laughs> yeah. form of right. advertisement. Rocket League did that as well with their like yeah. org-specific skins. Yeah. Um, here's, here's a thought. Here's a thought, okay? So we've actually thrown this idea around of – uh, what if a studio, for example, let's say our studio, Ko Koala said, Hey, you know, our game is going to come out. I'm going to make this up. This is not the cost of our game. Okay. I'm making this up. It's going to come $300. out. $300. It's going to be $300. <laughs> it's going to be $20 and either you can buy it. Okay. Or you can log into the Ko Koala app and you can watch ads. And if you watch a certain amount of ads, you either pay for a chunk or you pay for maybe the entirety of the game. So you don't pay nothing, right? Um, for mobile games actually already use this technique for some like yeah. microtransactions and whatever like that. If you, the thing from an advertiser's perspective is if you have – that's a really targeted advertisement. If you came to KO Koala – you know what the, that game that KO Koala is selling is. You have a lot more information on the type of person watching that ad. You can potentially have a much more successful ad run on something like that, right? Like, okay, here's KO Koala's, uh, if we were making them, when you have a mobile game like that, if you really did a super targeted ad, this person is playing a match three game right now. So they might be interested in whatever. I'll put my match three game in there. I'll put in some merch of this particular match three game they're playing, right? I, I don't know. I think these like this this notion of paying for things with ads uh, could also be an opportunity there where advertisers can sneak in and have like a direct a much more direct uh, correlation with the kind of consumer who's watching that ad um, within that context. Were you going to say something in addition to this, Dalton? You or yeah, I mean. So I think that it's important to notate that when it comes down to sales and what these sponsors are really looking for is like conversion, right? They want people to either sign up for what they have or buy what they have. So you need to limit the barrier of entry. Now, if we're going from console to like 
like my phone, there's a platform jump that I have to make plus go to the website plus make the sale versus mobile. It's very easy to just go, boom, I can click on it. I can buy it right from here and then go back into my game. So I think that it's going to take some uh, creative thinking to definitely come up for something with console. Um, I mean, PC, you could definitely do something similar to mobile, though. Yeah, that's an interesting point that. You basically just need like an Amazon app on your Xbox, right? That yeah. you, right? Or something like that. Or, you know, as the as cloud gaming begins to ascend, you know, I personally we have talked about on our podcast where we feel that the majority of casual gaming that maybe right now happens like on consoles and stuff will move to the cloud in the next 10 15-ish years and that you'll have the PC experience as sort of like the dedicated hardcore platform experience the Ferrari experience, if you will, but your Ford focus is going to be in the cloud. And, um, I, yeah, that, that, that maybe limits the platform jump. Something like you were saying there, if I'm playing halo, like I do now on, on my phone through X cloud, it, it, it's, it's right there. I could, I could theoretically press that button and just jump into the next app. Right. Or if know. you're playing on like your smart TV through the cloud or through some way like that, right. similar, you could like click through to something potentially. Or they just, you know, they push it to, yeah, especially as IOT becomes, you know, more better integrated, I think across houses, those devices become more sophisticated. You know, it can, they, you can say yes on your Xbox and then Alexa fucking answers you on your Alexa, you know, or whatever. Right, right. So exactly. Yeah. Or just anyway. the game dialogue says, Alexa, order me 13 of this product. <laughs> and there you go. You've just got free conversion. Are you sure? <laughs> yes. Uh, so this, this is maybe a more fun question for you guys. And, let, and if you guys have any other things you want to say of what we just said, go ahead. But um, the what is your favorite? What game that you watch the eSport of makes you want to subsequently play the game the most? Jackson, you can start with this one. Okay, um, Valorant, that first strike tournament just made me, oh my, because uh, I, okay. I haven't played it in a few months, and it just made me so excited, just because, just seeing the progression of the game, and League of Legends, I'll, I'll say that, it just, I, that game always, for some reason, pulls me back in, and then I'll play it for like 16 hours a day, just over and over i hate it i hate the game at the same time as <laughs> loving it it's it pisses me off but yeah watching it, it's so easy because there's like huge streamers like tyler one who are just hilarious watching play it right, right. and it just it makes it I, I don't know it just watching it makes me want to play those games so much more okay. yeah okay. what about you either skyler or dalton whoever go ahead dalton Okay, so Jackson and I were talking about this the other day, and I really think that um, esports, in my opinion, makes me want to get better at a game, not necessarily play a game. Versus content creators make me want to go play a game. So if I go on YouTube and I watch somebody play uh, Fortnite and they're memeing the entire time, well, I don't really play Fortnite anymore, but it makes me want to go back and play the game. Versus if I go watch a competitive video game, I'm like, oh, dang, they're really good. Like, I'm almost intimidated to get to the game. Not necessarily like I can't play it, but it's like I have to get really good to be able to get to that level. Um, it's almost kind of like watching sports in a way. You go watch sports, and you're not watching sports because you're like, I want to be a football player, or I want to go play football. You're watching sports because it's like, this is entertaining, but also I want to get involved in some way. And the way you get involved is like fantasy football or like a variety of ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's okay. That's super interesting. I um, I I feel you on that a lot because like I've been watching this Japanese Street Fighter League, um, and whenever I watch it, it like makes me want to play Street Fighter. I'm like, this is hype. But then I'm like. 
if I want to get like good, because it makes me want to like improve, I have to actually yeah. commit a lot of time. So maybe I'm not going to play it so much. Whereas if I like watch some goofy person play like a Minecraft speedrun or some shit, it like made me want to play Minecraft. I had played Minecraft yes. in like Dude, eight years. Yeah. And then I was yes. like, I'm going to try speedrunning <laughs> Minecraft because this looks fun as fuck. <laughs> That's interesting. Experience. I feel like esports games make me uh, uh, not all of them like I said Dota is more just intimidating (laughs) as fuck from watching it but Mm -hmm. um, Rocket League, Halo, even Call of Duty make me want to play watching the esports tournaments like I I have almost twice bought not Cold War, it was last year's Modern Warfare right? Mm -hmm. Uh, I almost bought that twice immediately following a tournament. (laughs) I mean I'm also sensitive too hype. Anthony is like a hype. hype magnet. Yeah, God, I love hype. Yes, I love hype. And so, you know, a hex and every the whole Call of Duty scene being hype for it, and then the tournament. Oh, fucking rocker! You know, Gary V has a team. Like, what the fuck? I'm buying yeah. this game. You know, that's <laughs> that's basically where I was at. So, I actually, it's funny. The content creators uh, don't nec- I don't necessarily feel that same role for me. Um, for at least those games that I'm thinking of. Like watching Musty on Rocket League doesn't necessarily make me want to play Rocket League. Although I do like really, I get, I feel like I get better from watching him. Like the stuff, the strats they say and stuff. But yeah, I don't, I don't know. For me, those esports does actually motivate me to play uh, pretty significantly. So, what, you what know, is your guys's? Yeah, go ahead. I Skyler, was going to say ahead. one more that I thought of actually recently. The most recent surprise esport of COVID, I think, is chess. In my opinion, that has yes. blown up on Twitch. Yeah. Dude, yeah. Um, they had multiple <laughs> Twitch rivals tournaments with like uh, very famous like Twitch personalities got taught by like ch- chess grandmasters. They like had lessons yeah. with them. All the grandmasters and the personalities streamed the lessons on their like individual channels. Then they had these big Twitch rivals tournaments and all of this. And like somehow they made chess into like a popular Twitch esports slash scene now, which yeah. is crazy to me. Um, yeah, I remember you messaged me. I was like, yeah, what the fuck? Chess? Yeah. Like, <laughs> and that actually convinced me to start like playing chess again. So that's one that definitely did it to me. But it was, Dude, yeah, it was I was so watching funny. that too. Yeah. I, I just watched Queen's Gambit. Have you heard of that? Uh huh. The Netflix show. Yeah. 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 I just started watching that and it's all about chess. I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you can get that good. I want to play now. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, fun fact, my father-in-law used to, like, beat the shit out of his younger brother. They'd beat the shit out of each other over chess games. They're from Poland, like, oh. straight up from <laughs> Poland, like, off the boat from Poland. And they, like, got – they get so pissed. He he, told, he always tells me of the story of they got in a fight and, like, basically it ended with him throwing his brother on the chess table, cracking the table in half, including the chessboard. And his dad got so fucking pissed. Like, they, like they got in huge – fights anyway so yeah some people really take chess seriously um i i had another question to as we kind of wrap things up um fun one but dalton just said something that i want to ask about what is what's the maybe biggest esports related surprise that you've observed and this is mainly for you two skylar if you have something you can you can say something but that you guys observe covering the esports scene over this particular year in light of COVID. My answer like would be the chess biggest, anyway. So, so we're good. <laughs> uh, you alluded to like the sports center coverage before Dalton, like what's, what's a esports related thing that you felt like this particular, particular year and the challenges of it. Um, I don't know. was really accentuated by. So, yeah. Uh, I don't know if, 
how many people have seen this, but the Forbes esports valuations came out, I want to say like two weeks ago. And I think that it really goes to show that content creation is key. Like, super, super, super important within esports. Heck, Luminosity Gaming made the top 10 for net worth for esports teams, and only 6% of their revenue actually comes from esports. <laughs> That's majority so of the, funny. yeah majority of their stuff is coming from content creators and they were going ham during covid same mm-hmm. thing with phase same thing with 100 thieves and those three orgs have the biggest jump this year on that list versus people like oh like uh teams like cloud nine which really fell hard because they're not really creating content so i think it really goes to show that you need to create content to build your audience to build a following to build a popular esport yeah, it's it's attracting eyeballs, which then brings advertisement at revenue. Yes. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, Jackson, what about you? For me, I I completely agree that it it's just show, goes to show how signing content creators really like can support these or can kind of carry these orgs, and it's really cool for me. Just I guess just for me to see how they've run tournaments during COVID because usually they're always in person or whatever, but now they're running it online. And it's just cool to see how they kind of shifted over into that just to show that you don't really need to ha- be there in person to run it. But I also do miss it because I-, I feel like it's a, it's, it's a lot the better. The in-person to tournaments. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, also run into I've the, the I want to. Yeah. It's so fun going. You, you re- also run into yeah, the like, regional issue, the cross region issue. Like, um, in fighting games, for example, they like they have like regional tournaments because with latency is super important. Like Valorant too, right? They have a European tournament and an American tournament now, and that's always yeah. sad because then you're just like, oh, they're the best. They always say in the commentary, they're like, this is the best team in the world, and I'm like, eh, we don't know that. You right don't now. know for sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. No. It's that's true. Actually, that was one thing I was kind of hyped about when they just recently announced Halo got deli- delayed to next fall. I was like, well, maybe by then in-person tournaments can happen again. So it's true. You, you can hit the ground rolling. I think that would also be good for the momentum in that scene. Halo could Halo yeah. could use the help. Um, okay, so let's close it out with some few fun questions. What's your favorite esports player? All of you guys in any game. I don't care. Favorite esports player and and why? Tell me why. Are we talking ever or just right now? Ooh. both oh, yeah both let's do both let's do both okay if they're different i guess yeah anybody know immediately off the top of their head what the, the answers to this one i can okay yeah. go jackson all right um right now i'll say hiko he's just because he- uh, when, when i yeah hiko he's um he's on 100 thieves for valorant and He's kind of their leader, and he's 30 years old, and a lot of people Boomer. make fun of him for that. <laughs> yeah, a ton of people make fun of him for it because he's older than everybody else, but he's their best player, and just the knowledge that he has is insane because throughout his stream, he kind of goes over what he does with his team. He teaches you how, to, like, why he does certain things based on the map and whatnot, so I like watching him for that reason. And in the past, I'd say Shroud. Because just because that man's freaking ridiculous. It, the skill he had in CS was just blew me away. So that really brought me. Yeah, that, that brought me joy. Cool. Dalton, Skyler, whoever wants. Go ahead. 
Okay. Uh, currently, I'm also on board with Jackson. Hiko is, like, one of my favorite players as of right now. Um, and I just, like, a big thing for me is, like, limit the amount of excuses you have to get to where you want to be. And I think that, in a way, a lot of people use age as an excuse. You could be, uh, it goes to show for Hiko, you could be 30 years old and be the best player on your esports team. Or you could be 8 years old and just sign to uh, an esports team as well. Like, age is not, like, a restriction for a lot of people like it is with um, some other things. So I think that... Uh, that really goes like he he does a great job of like showing that off and he's just like a really good player um, in my opinion big fan of Valorant big fan of 100 Thieves now if we're talking all time I'm gonna say Nate Shot and the reason being is because Nate Shot holds such a legacy within esports and he will continue to hold that legacy especially with what he's doing with 100 Thieves he has such a great understanding he's so motivated and he's like definitely focused on uh, the long term and not the short term game cool Skyler? Huh. It's a hard question for me. Uh, I just follow so many different esports and I I'm much It's hungry more... box. Just tell me. Right? God. <laughs> kill me. Um no, Hungry Box is cool. Except for that time someone threw an octopus at him or some shit. Was, really? Yeah. Somebody threw an octopus Not at him? Good. Yeah. Um I it's probably I the first player that comes to mind is this player named PPD. He's a he was a player on Evil Geniuses, um Dota two team when they won the TI four. Um he's just like known for being very like high strategic skill and like he planned all their hero drafts and like managed all of that. And like those are the kind of players I look for the most are like the the high, the really like knowledgeable strategy kind of oriented players if I'm gonna like follow a player like I like Hiko a lot too. I think he's awesome. And if I were to pick like my favorite Valorant personality, it would probably be him. So I totally um dig that. Him or uh, Mixwell I really like as well. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. But then they're both super entertaining streamers, which I think plays a big role in like whether mm-hmm. you're into an esports personality or not. It's just like it's not just anymore. It's not just like watching them at the tournaments. Now you can watch them stream all the time and get like a really good idea of their personality, too, which is actually one of the reasons why PPD isn't as much my favorite esports person anymore, because he kind of is a shitty person. So he's <laughs> kind of a douchebag. Um, okay, that's fair. <laughs> he's like the cocky dude persona, you know, which I am not gotcha. that big a fan of. Um, gotcha. But um, yeah. also there's a um, Japanese fighting game player named Fudo, who I really, really like. He's just a really goofy dude. And I can really appreciate people who, like, even in the most serious of, like, esports situations can still have fun with it. I think that's really yeah. important to me. And, like, when I played competitive Rocket League for a while, um, and, like, I was on multiple teams. And on one of them, like, people were just took it way. They were, like, I was playing with, like, 16-year-olds on my team, and I'm 30. So <laughs> they, they, <laughs> I, they took it, like... I take it very seriously, but I don't like get mad if we like lose. And they just like were so upset every time, like so self deprecating. I'm just like, you gotta chill out, dude. Like, it's all good. So, <laughs> yeah. Okay. That's fair. My answer, oh man, right now I'm struggling to say who my favorite. I'm kind of a squishy normie over I here. I got, squishy, I got squishy muffins. I bought this Cloud Nine chair because when Squishy Muffins was on their Rocket League team, I was like, I'm going to be fucking just like Squishy. I'm going to be grand champ. I'm shitting on kids with my double tabs just like Squishy. I'm not anywhere close to that. But, <laughs> but I I want to maybe say that right now my favorite is a guy named Snakebite. He's a Halo pro. You know, Halo scene is a small scene compared to all these other ones. So not many people, I think, know about him. But the reason why I like him is because 
uh, when his he was on CLG's initial Halo 5 team, they were very successful and they dethroned like sort of the fan favorite. So they were kind of like the bad guys in the scene for a while, but he, they're actually good dudes, you know, like um, he handled the whole thing very professionally. He when he puts out content uh, around sort of the state of Halo, which there's much to be moan on that front for like the Halo sports scene. He's always he takes into account like maybe the things that de- the perspective of the developer, the, the perspective of the design teams. He's just very level headed. And at the same time, he's fucking insane at Halo. So I think I'm going to give it to him for my favorite current esports player. But I'm probably going to give it to Walshy, the O like the OG Halo, uh, Halo one, Halo two, like Phenom for my favorite ever. Just because he uh, he's he jokes around. He's also super serious. He's insanely good, and uh, he's funny. He's funny. He's a funny shit talker. So like, uh, he'll he'll double needler somebody and then teabag him in a competitive tournament. So like, <laughs> I, I I found him always to be very entertaining. Kind of like you guys said about the other guys. So cool. Um, from my perspective, those are the main questions I want to I wanted to ask. Do you guys have anything you want to add around anything we've touched on this conversation, or anything you wanted to bring up in addition to this stuff? Uh, sure. All right. I just want to ask you what do you, what's your favorite content creator? Me? Yeah. Oh, Look, but content does it have oh, to be East sports related? No, just content. No. Probably, no, probably video game related, I would think. Yeah, whoever plays video games. <laughs> yeah. Skyler, you go. You know. Um, moon Moon. Moon Moon. <laughs> I do love Moon Moon oh, a yeah. lot. But I think I like Lyric. I watch Lyric more now. I think Lyric is probably my favorite content creator. Yes. Um, I just... Like, the fact that he's gotten this big on Twitch, still no face cam. No like, face cam. Like, such a chill dude. He just plays games and enjoys that. I don't know. I love watching Lyric. Like, that's yeah. who I have on, on. If I have somebody on in the background, and I want, like, a consistent piece of content that I know will always be good. I just turn Lyric on. And it's just always good. I agree. I'm going to be such a fucking normie with my answer. You go, Jackson. You no, Ninja, you you're out of the company. No, no, no. Oh, no. Ninja, <laughs> for the record, okay, now oh. he's sort of like the 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 Fortnite loser kind of in a, to, in a lot of people's eyes. But he was fucking hilarious in the Halo days. You know, he's originally a Halo player. Yeah. Oh, uh, my fucking God, dude. When he used to, you know, there's that one like clip that gets brought up all the time of him telling that kid to shut the fuck up, don't talk to me or whatever the hell. He used, to, he used to pull shit like that. The way he played Halo was either he'd do real bad like he just would make these silly decisions on plays or he'd go fucking nuts and so his he he was pretty explosive he was entertaining that being said he's not my favorite um the only per uh, man that you're you meant the way you described lyric on like somebody who i can just like throw on and forever for sure he's entertaining in the background and it makes me laugh i don't know dude i don't i i what i was going to say the person who i a lot of times default to on that kind of stuff is actually PewDiePie. <laughs> so the classic. Uh, yeah, that was that's why it's I was saying it was kind of normy. He he uh, when he, uh, during his live streams, I think he goes a little farther in his humor than he does on YouTube because like he doesn't want to get demonetized <laughs> for the YouTube videos, uh, which I think is funny. So um probably that. I know that's such a normie yeah, answer, but yeah. I also um, I was thinking from uh, another streamer who's like up and coming who I've been really into lately is Ludwig. 
Um, mm-hmm. You guys yeah. know Ludwig? Yeah, I like him yeah. a lot. And then from a YouTube perspective, I think Northern Lion is probably my favorite YouTuber right now. So I don't know if you guys know who he is, but he's very famous for playing a bunch of indie games. I'm a huge indie game person. So for me, that's like really valuable from a content perspective. That's awesome. Dalton, what about you guys? Yeah, I want to know yeah. your guys' is now. Okay, so I'm a big like YouTube fanatic, dude. Like I watch YouTube all the time, right? Um, honestly, if I'm going to pick a... a a content creator I can just throw in the background and, you know, I can pick up and leave off or like, you know, whatever. Um, I'm going to go pretty generic as well. I'm going to go with laser beam because dude, honestly, his content from day one has been so raw and original. And even with over, I think it's like 16 million subscribers. The dude still doesn't care. He's just like, no fucks given. Just go out, make the content, love what he does. And, uh, I think it, it's funny what he's doing too. Cool. I don't think yeah. I've watched like any of his content. I feel like I need to check it out now. Dude, yeah. Big memer. If you're into memes, it's the way to go. All right, Jackson. Did you put on your sunglasses in preparation for this? Or you're like, I'm ready for something big. No! (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Dude, I watch way too many content creators. I don't even know. I I like Tyler1, XQC, um, a lot of Pokelols lately. He's like Mm, kind of everywhere. Yeah everything i think he's hilarious i just love watching even just compilations of him doing stupid shit um tyler one it's like i don't know i i've been obsessed with watching him just nice. in league of legends because he's so loud and obnoxious it's hilarious xqc is just really stupid and i think it's hilarious and lyric i used to watch him so much like i started watching him 2014 maybe and I was obsessed with him. I watched him when he played. He would, he was playing. What was he playing? Arma, Daisy, a lot of Arma. I, I love the Arma role play. And I was gonna say, um, I watched Moon Moon when uh, when GTA oh, for was GTA on RP. Yeah. Oh my god, I was obsessed with that like a year or two ago. So fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know who I forgot? Who is in the running after PewDiePie? Maybe in some cases I'll put him on instead. Is Courage from A Hundred Thieves? Oh yeah. Um, He's funny, dude. He's funny and he's chill and he's very. I, I don't know if you've seen that podcast with him and Optic uh, and w- him and Hex talking about how he almost died falling off a cliff because his girlfriend took like the wrong way on a hike. It's fucking hilarious. <laughs> like he's just very normal person, funny. And uh, so I courage is actually up there for me. I got to shout out Donkey as well. Fucking love Donkey. <laughs> dude, oh my yes. God. He's hilarious. Yes, he is. Very I funny. saw his Twitch stream the other day, and I guess he has like a point redeem thing or something where he just fills the entire screen with fucking like animated gifts of cartoon bears. And then his like actual game screen took up like a like a like 16th of the entire screen. He had it like that for like an hour. And I was like, what the fuck is this guy even doing? That's awesome. That sounds like Dunky. That's yeah, for Dunkey sure. Shit, for sure, dude. <laughs> All right. Right now, this has been a special treat for quality time listeners. A big old fat episode full of content for you guys. Definitely stuff we're going to be splicing out later for everybody else who wasn't able to join us. Uh, we'll finish it with Esports Center. Guys, where should people find you? Where should yeah. they follow where you? Where can we find your content? Yeah. 
You can find us on TikTok at Esports Center. You can find us on Instagram, Esports underscore Center. You can find us on Twitter, underscore Esports Center. Uh, you can find us on YouTube, Esports Center. Yeah, we can't get the domain on all the platforms from the guy that owns it, but we're working on it. Yeah. So Esports Center, yeah. just look it up on whatever platform and follow us over there. Look it up. We if need if it doesn't work, just put an underscore between random letters and eventually yeah, you'll somewhere get it. Around the eventually you'll get it. <laughs> Yeah, if you're looking for us here, yeah, I, your guys' logo is nice. It's it's recognizable. It's the controller, uh, th- right? It's the like a controller. It's like a shit yeah. controller. Yeah. Yes. So that's uh, that's another way you can find them. It's a clean clean logo, or just go to our page. You know, you we we pretty regularly either retweet something they retweeted, uh, yeah. or you know, recently on Instagram. Um, have been interacting with you guys a lot more too, especially in the stories. So yeah, if you're looking for him, also just freaking DM me, KO Koala people. Just don't be afraid. Just talk <laughs> to me. I'll tell you where they are. Anthony's desperate uh, for friends. Just reach out to him. He needs it. Right? Yeah, no. I'm sorry if I don't answer you on Instagram. There's a lot of people. I'm, I'm trying. <laughs> um, okay. For us, you can find us at KOKoalaEntertainment.com or on, the easiest way to find us is there because... You can just find all the links to our social media from that perspective. If you are following us already on any social media, we have a link tree in all of our bios. We don't have a freaking website yet on TikTok, so not there. But if you're on Instagram, YouTube, and you're watching this, check out the link tree in our bios. It's got links to all of our other spots, including our website. Uh, there you can also find a link to our merch if you'd like to support us that way. It really helps us out as you all know who are listening. We support. We we run everything in the studio with, directly with our own money, so it's always very helpful uh, when people support us that way. Also, check out the Patreon. Come fuck super fucking loaded with content. You essentially are on like a merch subscription plan with the amount of merch and free stickers that you get. You also get behind the scene access to game stuff, all kinds of stuff. So, if you would be so generous that you can find. All of that goodness on our website. You also got to check out, most importantly, I don't know why you didn't mention it, the Discord. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm just so in my esports zone, dude. You know, like we have to make Agora into a competitive esports. Yeah, eventually someday. Yeah, Yeah. join the Discord. You can see, you can play our game, our idle game, where you can do research and do all that. Um, New stuff on the horizon for that. Hopefully in the next month or two, there's going to be some end game content. So yes, if you are a long time, yes, if you're a long time discord research grinder, there's some good shit coming. The coding is in progress as we speak um, on my computer. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Join the discord. You can also interact with us directly there. We're there literally every day, all day. So, yep. That sounds great. All right. Until next time, hopefully this is not the last time we have eSports yeah. Center on. It would no, be great to have you guys. Yes, oh, yeah. yes. We got to do another one. So yes. anyway, until next time, guys, thank you for listening, and uh, we'll see you. Yeah, thank you guys so much for joining us, eSports Center and viewers. <laughs> Shout out to all of our Koala Manjaro subscribers, especially I Got Your Potatoes, Marcus the OK, and Sand Squid. Thank you guys so much for your unbelievably generous support. And to all our Koala-tacular subscribers, thank you as well, if you'd like to join us on Patreon, I know that you get a ton of stuff with your benefits. You can find all the information following the link in our bio, wherever you're at. Go to our link tree, go to patreon.com, search KO Koala Entertainment. There you can find the multitude of benefits that await you when you subscribe. Thank you again so much.